Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and preseason has started for the Rangers, who are coming off a 4-2 victory over the Islanders on Tuesday. I was in attendance at MSG for the game, as was my guest on this week's episode. Let's welcome back to the, new, uh, to the show, new beat reporter for the Hockey News, Johnny Lazarus. Great to have you on the show again, Johnny. How are it's you? It's great to be here again, Joey. Thanks for having me. But uh, I don't know if your listeners want me back on here after what i said on the show last year that came to fruition so i'm surprised that i was asked to come back on to be honest <laughs> no man uh i mean if you could make a correct ice cold take <laughs> even if it concerns the rangers and it's negative then you got to come back on like that's uh you know i i i, I crapped the bed very uh very prematurely last year after the rangers traded for kane i said this is the year the rangers won the cup that mm-hmm. cannot be more of a melted take than that. But you hit the you hit the nail on the head right in the beginning of the season. Like literally three games in, you're like, I don't know. I think this. I think the Rangers could be a first round exit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. guess what? I think the same about the Devils this year. So it's it's all the hype. It's just really how it goes, right? Like it, it's the teams that aren't knocking on the door that have success a little bit earlier than expected that always disappoint the, the year after. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually would say the Rangers do win a playoff round this year. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. I don't want to say too much right now. But. Yeah, no, like, that, I think that's a good that's a good uh, starting point, too. Like, you know, you look at where the Rangers were a couple years ago, first year under Gallant, and they went all the way to the conference finals, but no one was expecting them to do that. This year, the Devils went from, they made, what was it, a 40-point jump from the I think previous 45. year? Yeah, I think 45. 45-point jump from the previous year. They almost won the division. They they won a playoff round. They beat the Rangers. Like that's crazy. So the expectations for them have got to be really really high. So yeah, they're like the sexiest pick to win the cup right now. Yeah, and I also saw someone posted like an article from ESPN, like the top up and coming teams for like the next ten years, and the Devils are number one. And well, that, that I agree with. That, that also makes with. sense because they have a lot of young talent, and you know, their best players are their younger guys. Whereas like the guys like the, on the Rangers are, are a bit older, but they don't have as many years to, to go. Like in 10 years, Hughes will be like 30, only 30 or 31, whatever, however old he is now, plus 10. Like, I, I don't know how old he is now. He's 22. 22. He's 22. So 32 years old. And that's still a lot of time that he could kick at the can in, in 10 years. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I like that. I like that take that you have there. The Rangers could uh, win a round, but the Devils could, you know, lose in the first round well yeah i mean it's not a crazy take like any of that is possible right like it's not you know i'm not saying anything nuts well, or new to anyone. yeah but history yeah history proved that you know like last year makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> we've seen it happen we've been witnesses but yeah. uh i wanted to ask you so now you're you're at the hockey news right you're you know you were doing a whole bunch of stuff last year and you've always done that with the nhl <laughs> hands and what did Vince say on your, on his show is like your hands in a bunch of different cookie jars. Yeah, that's what he said. But Something you know, like what's it like going from a true hockey player? You weren't some beer leaguer. You were like an actual college hockey player, like work to working in the media. What has that transition been like for you? Well, I'm a beer leaguer now, but uh, yeah, I think for me, you know, I, I mean, if you want the full story, it was always just like 
you know, I've always been a hockey fan, uh, no matter like what level I was playing at. Um, and I always loved the Rangers, obviously they were my favorite team, but I loved the league as a whole. Like, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I grew up like hating the Penguins cause that was the years like it, it felt like, you know, Crosby and Malcolm were just dominating the NHL and the Rangers seemed to always like lose them in the playoffs, you know, back in like 08, 09, like that time. Um, and like, as I got older, like, you know, I, I was, I wasn't really a hockey player. I was a kid that played hockey. Like that's kind of how I phrase it now because it, it's so true, right? Like a lot of hockey players don't necessarily have the social lives and, um, you know, they, they don't really play different sports growing up on different teams. And, uh, you know, I kind of did a lot of things in, in my life away from hockey that I didn't necessarily, uh, get that hockey, like typical personality of some sorts, I guess, for lack, you know, lack of better ex explanation. And, you know, a lot of my teammates always told me like, you know, my personality could be good in the media someday. Like, cause I, you know, know the game and I know the players and, um, you know, I was always able to think the game and talk the game better than I could actually play it. Uh, and, you know, I think we hear a lot of narratives around the NHL all the time of, you know, it needs to get younger. There, there needs to be fresher voices. And, you know, as I got older and I realized my playing window was kind of dying down, I was like, you know what, why can't I do it? Like, I didn't, I didn't go to school for journalism, but I went for communications and, um, <laughs> you know, like, this is stupid, but like, I, I was always like, <laughs> I don't know how you judge it, but I was always like good at Twitter, like in high school, <laughs> like for whatever, like my friends always, like I was the, like in the friend group, like if they needed a caption for a tweet or, or an Instagram post, they like, they went to me for like a caption, you know, like that's like, yeah. the, stupidest, the stupidest thing ever. But like, I don't know, I guess it made me feel good. Like thinking that I was creative in that sense. Um, so yeah, like luckily for me, but unluckily, unluckily at the same time, I graduated college the year of COVID in 2020. So like, you know, I wanted to play pro in like one of the minor leagues, like the East coast league or the, the SPHL and um, the season got canceled. I was actually signed to play in Pensacola, but you know, that season got postponed and there was nowhere to play. And then, you know, three months into COVID, I put on like 20 pounds, 30 pounds. I was like a total fucking bum. Sorry. I don't, I don't know if I can curse on here. You're good. Um, yeah. So I was like, you know what, do I even want to like work my bag off to get back into shape? for like what I know my ceiling is like probably not. And, uh, you know, I'd been doing media stuff a little bit on the side, just like trying to get started and, and work my way up and whatnot. And, um, you know, there was like a year or so where I couldn't find a job and I was just putting all my, you know, heart and effort into learning how to edit, learning how to, you know, talk, I guess, interview and, and all that stuff. And it's really just kind of, you know, been a lot of people say I've had like a quick, you know, I, I guess rise in the media, which, um, it's definitely true a little bit, but you know, it's been four years of, of, you know, nonstop work and, and that maybe it doesn't seem like a lot, but um, I guess it, everything has transpired a little quickly, but it's been a long time of, of doing this. Yeah. Uh, and I particularly like the, the transition, like the player to the, to the media, because I can't, I don't know any press members for the Rangers that previously played hockey i don't think vince molly or colin ever ever played or larry brooks I, I have no idea i don't think they they played hockey but they you know they loved the the sport mm. so much that they you know made a career out of it whereas you you played the game for such a long portion of your life that you know like every nook and cranny pretty much of it and like what goes on in the locker room you could understand it and you probably like convey the message a lot better too to like your audience, which is, which is awesome for a journalist. Like that's the main thing that you want to do is, you know, put out a story that everybody's going to understand. So 
Thank I you. Think. I mean, that's definitely the goal. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I haven't talked to to Vince, Molly, Colin, Arthur, uh, Larry about like their, you know, I I know Molly played, I think, basketball in high school. I know we talked about that, but, um, you know, it, it is true. Like, it's interesting, right? Because like, you know, there's so many errors in my writing sometimes because, you know, I didn't, you know, I don't really have to go to school to, to be a writer, you know? So like, uh, I'm happy that my message gets across, even if it lacks, you know, maybe some, uh, some grammar <laughs> at, at some times, yeah. but um you know as long as the the message is clear that's kind of what i'm going for so yeah that stuff the grammar all comes in time like i'm still yeah. making mistakes like <laughs> I, i'm in the master's program for journalism i'm still making mistakes like like it's it's tough but you know eventually the more you write the the clearer everything mm -hmm. everything becomes uh um, sure. so yeah having that that prior knowledge of, of the game is uh definitely unique so i'm looking forward to more of your stories coming out thank you uh, as the season goes but I mean, let's let's talk about, you know, like the the Rangers. They opened up preseason last night, uh, so we're recording on Wednesday. So Tuesday night, the Rangers played the Islanders, and they got off to a really fast start. What was it like? Maybe three goals within the first five to ten minutes. I think even it was five. three minutes, like ten seconds. It was yeah. like even, yeah, it was nuts. Kako scored fifteen seconds into the game, which was awesome. And uh, you know, I have, I have high hopes for him, but. My first question for you is like that line, Othman, Trocek, and Kako, that looked really good. I don't what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I thought the three of them were buzzing the entire game. Othman was super impressive out of the gate, but he got a little bit quieter, I think, as the game went on. Uh Kako was all over the ice, I thought. He he looked so confident last night. And obviously, I think a lot of that has to do with scoring 15 seconds into the game. But it also just goes to show that he, you know is starting to feel like he needs more responsibility, right? Like he seemed like he wanted the puck more. He was all over it. There was, I think Lobby Lett referred to it too in the post-game press conference. There was one shift where Kako had the puck on his stick for like 45 seconds yeah. um, the offensive zone. And then uh, Benny Trocek, like he looked like he was in mid-season shape. Um, that guy was buzzing. He is definitely one of the fastest skaters on the team. He created a lot. Uh, he looked confident as well. And yeah, the three of them were really, really clicking. Um, do I think there'll be a line? No, but... Uh, it's nice to see like Othman feel comfortable out there too. And uh, that's something I talked to him about after the game too, is, you know, it's different right now for all the rookies that are in training camp because mm -hmm. every player on the team is still trying to learn a new system. So, you know, it, it somewhat puts them on an even playing field where, you know, there's things that Trocek might mess up that Othman might do right because they're both learning what Laviolette wants to preach. So, um, you know, it's definitely a different look in the preseason, but also like, Dude, the Islanders, it was their first preseason game. They didn't have a lot of their regulars in the lineup. So, like, you can't really judge how well the Rangers played against an Islander team that was basically, like, an AHL roster. So, you know, as exciting as it is to see the team win, it's not like it's, you know, super telling of what we're going to see in, in two weeks from now. That's a good point you brought up about understanding the system. Like, you could gain confidence just off of that. You don't just necessarily need it to, like, score goals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're a younger player and you're doing something right that – uh that the other player, like an older player, like Trocek, like you said, it, you know, messes up. It's everybody's adjusting to the, the new coach, but you know, and also like Kako, sometimes when you look at players, I almost feel like you could tell when they're nervous and like, they don't want the puck and they'll fumble it. They, they'll mishandle a pass. Kako is not that at all. Like he mm -hmm. wanted the puck and he was good with the puck last night. He was very dominant with with it and he was strong too like away from the puck like he would you know i saw that he would hit hit players like he would like reverse hit before he went into the corners to get the to dig the puck out and i thought he did a good job 
overall too. I think Laviolette talked about that him too in the in the press conference. Like you said, the forty five mm-hmm. second, thirty five second, whatever it was, that shift. But you know, on Offman, I agree with you. I thought he tapered off moments here and there. Do you think he could still make the team? So I I think he could make the team, but I don't know if they're going to start with him on the team. I know that they want to take their time with this kid and let him play a little bit of pro hockey before making the full jump. Um, because right now, excuse me, as the roster stands, like I don't know where often necessarily fits. Uh, I don't see him in a top six role. I can see him squeezing in on a third line. I, I don't think he has any business playing fourth line minutes. So, you know, I, it's, it's a tough thing to try to figure out and navigate, but you know, to that same point, it's like this is a team that's going to be competing, right? So it's not like you're throwing in this young kid and expecting him to save the franchise like, you know, most first-rounders typically do. And as the season goes on, there's going to be times where Othman probably gets called up. And after he plays 20, 25 games in the AHL, when he does get called up, he could be way more comfortable than he would be as opposed to starting the season on the team. And from that point, maybe then you have him fully on the roster every night. So uh, the worst thing they could do with Othman, I think, is play him too much too early where that destroys his confidence if it doesn't go well. And the best thing they could do is let him take his time, I think, in the minors, adjust to pro hockey. And he even said it last night, and I think Vince is actually working on a story right now about it. He said he's trying to get rid of a lot of his junior hockey habits, which he didn't get into detail about. But, you know, myself transitioning from junior to college, when you are an older player playing junior hockey, you dominate and you feel stronger, you feel faster, and you feel like you have the puck on your stick way more because you've played at that level now for two or three years. And it's, it's a slower pace. But when you make that jump to the next level, whether it's college, whether it's the NHL, AHL, whatever it might be, you're now the slower guy, right? Like you have to take time to adjust to that pace. Your decision making is a little bit slower. Your speed's a little bit slower. And quite frankly, your shot, depending on who you are, obviously not Bedard, is probably not as hard as most of the guys around you. So Othman needs to, you know, get stronger, get faster, and, and just learn the game in his brain before he's able to put it together at the pro level. And he will because he's shown so many flashes of it. And I'm very confident that he's going to be a very effective player. I actually put it at the end of my story last night that, you know, in the next two, three years, he'll be a fan favorite for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely had some of those physical elements that a lot of fans of the older fans that are that are look that they're looking for. And I like that. I like that he stood up for Kako after that hit in the first period mm-hmm. last night. I thought that was great. Um, also, Will Cooley is a yeah. guy that Peter Laviolette has been talking about. High praise for him. Um, I feel like you could correct me if I'm wrong or what you think, but I feel like he has a higher chance of making the team than Offman does. Yeah, I would agree. Um, also, because he's just been he's been playing pro a little bit longer. Uh, like last think, year, he had a couple couple uh, stints in the on the the Rangers. Yeah, and even just the AHL experience too, right? Um, you know, Othman's coming from the OHL, so yeah. it, it's just a little bit more of an adjustment period, I think, for Othman than it is for Cooley right now. But um, you know, I I would say Cooley gets half the season with the big club this year for sure. Uh, I, I could see him making the team, but you know, then again, he's going to have to beat out like, you know, the pit licks, the Beninos, ah, Benino, maybe not, but cause Benino's probably going to. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply get that fourth line center role but i thought even jake decision like had a pretty solid game i know you know everyone looks at that assist to wheeler yeah. and, and thinks what a sick pass and you know i'm not going to say it wasn't on purpose but you know i feel like nine times out of ten that's just a lucky pass mm. uh you know it's probably a guy just trying to get the puck to the net and wheeler was in the right spot at the right time but um lecision has a lot of oh my god it's such a lecision <laughs> has a lot of speed which you know i think bonino might not have any more um, but then again, Benino has that veteran experience and, um, you know, he's a solid faceoff guy and, and pretty responsible defensively. So I, I won't be surprised if like those three are very interchangeable this year. Um, but yeah, Cooley has looked really good. And obviously Laviolette has a lot of praise for him so far. Yeah. One of the things they were talking about in the broadcast for the first Rangers preseason game was the Rangers have not been over 50% in the dot mm. as a team since Chris Drury was like on the Rangers, mm-hmm. like, that's how long it's been. So to have a guy like Benino, I think that's that's pretty valuable. Even if he's you know a bit slower or a lot slower than like Lecision or uh, or another guy on the on the team. But you know the veteran experience. It seems like it. You no, know, it, it works out. The Rangers were kind of lacking that in previous years. So having that on the fourth line, like a VZ Benino hit like fourth line, would be good. Even if Cooley isn't isn't there but mm-hmm. you know Pooley has looked good um also you asked about Mac Hollowell um and he looked really solid last night on the pair with uh, Gustafson he looked really really good uh I didn't notice too many mistakes did you it's something that's so funny too because now that I'm like in the press box I don't get to listen to what the broadcast is saying so I don't know you know if if anyone else picked up on Mac Hollowell last night I had like a, a know a little nudge about him because my former roommate at Mercyhurst played with Mac in the Marlies organization in Toronto um so he texted me yesterday and he was like my buddy Hollowell's in the lineup like you know keep an eye on him he's he's a sleeper to make this team and I was like yeah like I'll I'll look out for him so I was kind of like you know going into the game like looking out to watch how he's gonna play and um you know it's funny right because like my roommate had texted me like you know I haven't seen you tweet about him like how's he how's he doing I was like ah like you know good first period but like you know, nothing crazy. And then the second period, I thought he really stood out, uh, had a couple more shots on goal and made a couple more plays and had a couple strong breakouts. And, and the breakouts is what I noticed most. He had a lot of speed coming through, through the neutral zone, which uh, Peter Lavillette is harping on with this team. Um, and then the third period, I thought he made a lot of good decisions with the puck. So, you know, as the game went on, I just like noticed him and noticed him and noticed him more. Uh, and, and that's good, right? Because when you, when you are noticeable, ah, it depends, right? Because I think sometimes you don't want to be noticed a lot because that means you're making a lot of mistakes. But, yeah. you know, on, on the flip side, it's like 
if you're, if you're watching a certain guy and he's doing a lot of the right things, like they're going to be noticeable for sure. Um, and Hollowell was a guy that really, I just thought every time the puck was on his stick, he made a smart play. Uh, and that's really tough to do when you've only played six NHL games in your career and you're on a new team and, you know, under a new coaching staff and you want to impress and, and, you know, you know, you have a long shot at making this team. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, just thought Hollowell looked great and, uh, it was really cool to ask Lobby that, that question and basically have him say that he agreed and, and he said the exact same thing. So, um, you know, obviously I'm also trying to get on the right foot with Lobby too. He's a new coach. So I want to have a good relationship with him as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice that we saw eye to eye and how Hollowell played last night. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought you you would like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I was uh, like, holy shit, that was sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Hollowell, I mean, I didn't really expect much. Like, when they signed him, I had no idea who he was. But, mm-hmm. you know, witnessing his first game, I, it's only one game, though, like preseason. Let's see how he does, like, in practice. And yeah, you also have to see how, like, Jones and Robertson do because Robertson's been, like, in the Rangers organization for a while now, yeah. about four years, I think. Um, and Jones, same thing. So, and I think many are expecting Jones to make the team or at least be the seventh defenseman on the Rangers. But I'm wondering, like, if Hollowell beats Jones out for that spot, the Rangers would probably have to trade Jones, like, right before the season starts because where they're gonna they where are they gonna put him? Because like you can't have eight defensemen. I mean, you could, but I don't know why you would do that. Um, and he's he's not waiver eligible. Like any team yeah. could claim him and you'd lose yeah. him for nothing. I'm not quite sure how it's going to play out. We're only two games into the preseason. There's, I believe, four left. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, right? Like, it, I don't think it's like a clear battle between, you know, Jones, Hollowell, Robertson. Um, you know, I think if anything, Jones is still the favorite behind Gustafson, but like Gustafson also played well. And listen, there's going to be injuries. Like, people get called up all the time. So, like, these guys aren't. You know, it's not like they're going to disappear if they don't make the team right out of camp. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a tough battle and tough decision that Laviolette's going to have to make uh, come down to training camp. So, Hallwell's putting himself in the conversation. I thought Jonesy looked solid. I thought in Boston, um, but you know, it wasn't a strong showing from the team as a whole in Boston. So it's a little bit more of a negative kind of feel to that game. Um, but obviously, if Jonesy's thrown back in and, and the team looks good, it's going to help his, you know. Uh, chances of making the team. So hopefully he can get back in and, and the team does well too. So um, yeah, it's, it's a tough battle for sure. And these guys know they have pressure. So I think whichever guy just portrays the most confidence and doesn't crumble under pressure is going to ultimately make the team at the end of the day. It's a good problem to have too. Like the depth, oh, yeah. like both for forwards, like we were talking about Cooley and Offman. Like if you, if you have an injury, you could plug the hole like pretty easily, you know, mm-hmm. just call up Cooley and, he looked pretty comfortable last year in the NHL, and he looked really solid right now. Even a guy like Edstrom looked pretty good last night, and and Rempe dropped the dropped the mitts. I thought that fight. Those was kids awesome. are huge. Yeah, <laughs> huge nuts. Yeah, those guys. Uh, I mean, like I said, yeah, good problem for the Rangers to have. Um, and then getting into the like the last topic before I let you go, um, the injuries to Zabanajad, Heedle, and Panarin. You know, during practice, before practice, I know Panarin didn't practice uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did they what did they rule it again? It was day to day upper body, upper body. Yeah, yeah. I know some people. I think were, all of them are day to day upper body. Yeah, I know some people were like speculating, like, oh, they haven't had practices this difficult, you know, in a long time. Uh, 
could it be would you rule out fatigue for the injuries like because um, i know they're I'm not just... specific with these injuries but and you know yeah. I, like they won't tell you anything but if you had to if you had to guess like what does it look like i i've missed the last couple practice days um so i can't necessarily speak to like i didn't see anything happen with my own eyes um so i'm not quite positive what it could be i believe i heard that mika was a shoulder um okay. But then again, I'm not too positive. I think that's just what was reported by, you know, my colleagues and whatnot. Um, you know, I'll be at the games Thursday, Friday. So I'm sure I'll hear more about it the next couple of nights. Uh, but I haven't been able to get out to the practices the last couple of days because of other jobs and other commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I imagine we'll get some more answers as the week goes on. But I, I, I would expect all three of them to be in the lineup come opening night. It's not serious injuries. And uh, I imagine they'll, be careful with what they do with those three guys for the rest of the preseason. You were at a practice, at least one of the practices. I was at two. I was the first okay. two. And then uh, I had a couple shows to do. Then my best friend got engaged. Then Sunday, I honestly just – Sunday they were in Boston. And I don't travel with the team. Um, you know, I, I'll go to some local games during the regular season, but I don't go on trips um, unless it's out of my own pocket, obviously, which – you know, I, I might do at some point of the season, but um, definitely not for preseason. <laughs> and uh, this week, it's just tough to get. Um, I live in Brooklyn, so it's tough to get to Tarrytown, then all the way back and mix in other jobs and then go to the game. So just trying to pick and choose where I'm at right now. And then obviously once the season gets underway, it'll be a little bit easier to navigate everything. Um but yeah, I'll hopefully be at more practices. Yeah. But like, what did you notice out of those first two practices? Like, were they a lot different from like what you've heard about like the Lance practices? Like it looked to me from the video from Colin and, and Vince, like the players were hunched over, like they were having trouble breathing. I don't know yeah. if it's like they were getting pushed harder. Well, that's also just training camp. Uh, you know, I think training camp is always it, like they they won't be looking like that in the regular season. Like well, training camp yeah, is not always during games. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, no. I mean the practices. Like training yeah. camp is really just about like pushing the team to the absolute limit. Like, and the message you always want to send to players is like you always have more in the tank than you think. Um, you know, training camps are fucking tough. Like no matter what organization you're in, uh, you know, and I I think there's a clear and I've been careful wording this. It's not fear, but there, there's a more serious tone with Laviolette as opposed to Gallant. Um, and I never was at a Gallant training camp, so I can't speak to what it was like for the players then. But I know what it's like for them now is is the intensity is at 110% at, at all moments. So, um, you know, I don't know if guys typically goof around during training camp, but there hasn't really been much goofing around. Uh, you know, with that said, as the season goes on, if the team's on a you know three, four-game winning streak, I'm sure we'll see some some more like – you know, goofiness and lightheartedness and stuff like that. But uh, early on, it's, it's you know, everyone's trying to make a good impression here with the new staff. And, uh, you know, it's it's locked in focus right now, 24-7. Yeah, all business, it seems like. So I would, I would like, you know, not say that it's those injuries are just like, oh, they're tired or they're, they're fatigued from working too hard in practice. Like, I, I don't know too much, too much yet to – make that it's, it's common awesome. it's common yeah training camp injuries are and light injuries are common like you know you go from playing summer hockey three on three like not throwing the body to then you know thrown into the fire full full force of you know five on five battle drills two on two battle drills like it just it's just a, a quick switch that gets flipped um you know from summer to training camp and 
you know, I've seen it so many times in my career, just like of guys like, you know, getting banged up a little bit right away because their body just like isn't used to the intensity for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Do they practice tomorrow? Rangers there should be a morning skate because it's a home game. Um, but they didn't give out any roster like information at all uh, yesterday for the game of the Islanders. Yeah. So I wonder what they're going to yeah. do tomorrow. But uh, there should be a morning skate. I won't beat the morning skate because I have a couple shows to do. Um, but, you know, I imagine we'll hear from Vince, Molly, Colin, Arthur, mm-hmm. the rest of the gang. Um, yeah. So we'll hear more about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep up with with those guys i'm actually gonna have colin on in a couple weeks uh before the season starts hopefully uh so i'll get some more insight from him but you know the the other thing too is you know with the roster decisions laviolette's still trying to figure out the lines and it's only two games right but you're not gonna put he's not gonna play like Kreider every single one of these preseason games right like it he missed the first one but like is Kreider gonna be playing the last four or is he just gonna play like two of the four well, so I think typically veterans and, and guys who are for sure to make the team don't really go on the road trips. Uh, you know, that's why you didn't see like Kreider, Mika, Panarin, mm. Foxy, those guys in Boston. Um, and that might just be like a veteran status kind of thing. I would expect to see a couple of the regulars tomorrow night at home against the Devils and Friday, maybe like a little bit of a lighter, you know, um, you know, less regulars, I guess. And then next week, I believe they're, where are they? They're on the road in Jersey and then home against Boston, I think. So the Jersey game, I would expect somewhat of the same thing. And then that last preseason game, I would, I would think there'd be a good amount of people we might see or fringe guys we might see come opening night. So um, yeah, it's going to get intense as it gets, you know, gets going here and cuts will be made. I'm sure in the next couple of days. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be, listen, preseason hockey is never so exciting to watch, but I imagine there's some guys that are going to be like, like a guy like Bobby Trevino, you know, is another guy who uh, impresses at practice almost every day. And uh, I think they're curious to see what he can do in a game. So, you know, there's still kids trying to make a team here. So those guys will be fun to watch, but the regulars, you know, I'm sure they're going to take it a little bit easy as we go Mm -hmm. on. Okay. And uh, before we let you go, uh, I need one bold prediction for you for the Rangers this season. Something crazy. I don't know if it's crazy because I said it already, but Capo Caco, 60 points. Ooh, okay. I, like that. I don't know if that's crazy because, you know, I, I think it's um, it's been somewhat talked about, but I don't know if everyone feels that way. I mean, like he said, a career high last year at 40, so it's, you know, not a huge jump, but it's a pretty solid jump. And, uh, yeah, I feel pretty confident that he'll do it. Mm-hmm. I think every year he's played, I think he's gotten more points. Like the, the Well, last year, year was like his first full season. He's been hurt. Yeah. There's been COVID. Um, you know, last year, I think he played all 82 or at least 81. So this year, hopefully he can stay healthy and, you know, put up 60 points. And be yeah. Safe. Yeah. 30 goals would be nice for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Johnny, I know you got to go. Thanks so much for, uh, joining the show this week. Uh, good luck with everything. I know you're going to kill it at the hockey news and <laughs> Thanks, uh, Joey. covering the Rangers. Thank you. I'll see you at the garden. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.